Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Matter of Truth. Thank you for downloading and checking us out. This is episode 23. Uh, last episode was uh, on humility. I dropped that back in March. So hopefully you guys got a chance to check it out. Um, you can find A Matter of Truth on Instagram as well. And uh, my account is Speak Gospel Truth. Speak.gospel.truth. Um, so yeah, that's tied directly to amount of truth. So, uh, be sure to give us a follow out there in Instagram land. Uh, Alex is not with me again today. He is still head high, not neck high, head high, just all the way to his forehead in, uh, in recording on dying light, uh, episodes, seminary school. Uh, he's a pastor as well as he's got a family and, uh, the family is growing, so he's keeping super busy. So we talked a little bit about getting back together uh, in the June time frame. So that's kind of the goal. So in the meantime, I'm going to be doing some interviews um, and uh, maybe a solo episode, another one after this, um, as well as I am going to have some guests on, which I'm super excited about. Uh, we're going to have Izzy on. She is from Saints and Society. Go check out her page on Instagram. Uh, we're going to do a Saints and Society takeover. She's going to pick the topic and she's going to just uh, run with it. So look forward to sitting in on that. Um, super excited about that, actually. Um, one other thing I want to note, I got a book, The Word Explored by author Dave Jenkins. Um, and I'm going to have him on to talk about this book. This book tackles the issue that um, I'm sure you guys have seen me post on um, biblical illiteracy and it's uh, it's a great book so far I'm about halfway through and I look forward to speaking with him about the book and how readers can um, you know get past that I think uh, local churches aren't equipping um, their folks with um, how to study the Bible. And I've actually had some posts on that recently. So um, look forward to having that conversation with him. All right. So jumping into the show, uh, 
in the spirit of having folks on um, as guests and whatnot, I wanted to go ahead and uh, introduce a friend of mine. Uh, I attend church with him. He lives right down the street. We've had just some great conversations uh, about theology and, and, and different different stuff that um, I was like, hey, man, you come on a come on a podcast. So he was uh, gracious enough to join us. So I want to go ahead and introduce uh, Tony. Hey, man, how's it going? How are you? What's happening, Anthony? How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm glad you could join us today. I know you have checked out a couple of Matter of Truth episodes or a few. So uh, here you are, right? Yeah, they, they, they've been pretty good. And, you know, we've been, you're right, we have been talking about this for quite a quite a while. And uh, I think that's our way of listening to God and saying, guys, make sure you're doing this and doing it right and doing it for me um, and not doing it for yourself. So, yeah, we've both been in prayer about it. And uh, it's nice to finally make the connection and, and yeah. let God lead us. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great conversation, a lot like our phone conversations. We talk so much about, um, you know, gaps that might be in our church, uh, things that people aren't getting, don't understand from uh, a theology standpoint and from a, a doctrinal standpoint. And th- those are the kinds of things we talked about and we're like, hey, we, we should we should cover some of those. And and, and the one we're going to cover, we've, I've covered it prior um, in A Matter of Truth, um, and it's been covered, but we're going to co- kind of talk to specifics, um, kind of outlining uh, the topic of sanctification, because again, people hear this word sanctification or sanctifying, and you know, do they truly know what it means and, and, and where you find it uh, in Scripture? Oh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think it just depends on your level and your relationship with God and, and how long you've been a Christian and, and, and reading the Word. Um, because I think there are terms that we use every day that some people are just like, what is that? And the simplest one is like legalism. People go, what is legalism? So for some, sanctification is a no-brainer. For others, yeah. uh, sanctification is like, you're absolutely right. What is that? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to cover you know, these types of terms and uh, doctrines, you know, as much as you can so people get a good understanding. So going to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, uh, question 35, sanctification is the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. So it's it's an ongoing process between God and man. It's, it's, it's very synergistic, um, if, if you will. So um, it's, again, it's, it's, it's being shaped and molded to be more and more like Christ, to become holy as he is holy. Obviously, we won't achieve that in the sense of being perfect like Jesus, but it's something we strive to do, and it is all the work of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. First Thessalonians 4 3 is the perfect example. You know, it says that it's the process, basically describes that it's the process of becoming more Christ like by purifying our hearts and minds yeah. through repentance, prayer, and spiritual practices. Mm, yeah. And it really is a, it's an ongoing process that, um, you know, sometimes it's tough to wrap our heads around because there are points in time where I'm just like, wow, it's just not working. But anyway, let's let's go ahead and take a look at justification um, and sanctification side by side. Um, of course, uh, we're justified unto sanctification to become holy. Um, so justification is uh, our legal standing. Uh, sanctification is the internal condition. Uh, justification Correct. once for all time. We were justified once through Jesus Christ. Sanctification is continuous throughout life. Uh, justification's entirely God's work. Sanctification is we cooperate. 
there's that synergistic um, uh, thing we go through. Uh, justification, uh, perfect in this life. Sanctification, not perfect in this life, not until glorification. Uh, justification, the same in all Christians. Sanctification, greater in some than others, meaning we're all at different points of our sanctifying walk in Christ. No one's at the same point at any given time. That's between you and and, and the Father alone. Right. And just to add on to that, again, it is very much, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, but we cooperate. It, it's synergistic. It's, 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 um, it's, oh, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, I think you said in there just a few minutes ago, you said, you know, we never achieve sanctification. And that's because, you know, of the free will, because our free will is always going to choose our flesh. And therein lies the main issue, because like the Latin word, the the root word for suffix for sanctification is sanctus, which means holiness, holy. The Greek word also means holiness. We will never be Christ. We will never achieve pure holiness. Therefore, our free will is our downfall. Yeah, just touching on free will a little bit, I'll go down that rabbit hole. Um, I I really love what John MacArthur said about free will um, when asked the question. He said he would define free will as this, every human being has the freedom to choose whatever sin he wants, that's free will. You could choose whatever sin you want to choose, you just can't choose not to sin. He he goes on further to say, just, just bear with me here, so yes, there's free will, but there's only free will within the framework of depravity and corruption. The one thing you can choose is to get out of there. For that, you have to cry for the mercy and grace of God to extract you, which God does by his own sovereign love and power. So, I mean, that's the key thing when we were sinners right you know we are saved by the grace of god through faith in jesus christ alone he alone and this is what we're talking about salvation is solely um jesus uh what he did on the cross it has nothing to do with us and we touched on that in 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 when we were breaking down justification it's entirely god's work Alone. That's that 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 is correct. You're absolutely right. We're saved because of Jesus Christ, his the fact that God gave him to this world to be crucified, to die, and to be rose again. He is the reason we are sanctified. So the moment we accept that faith and accept Christ into our lives to move forward and follow him, we've been sanctified. And if you take that definition and you apply it to that, when you sanctify something or someone, it is set apart. It is set apart different from anything else, and it is to be used as the designer intended it to be used. And that designer is God, Jesus Christ. So therefore, we are to be set apart, as the Bible tells us. We are to be set apart. We are to be apart from this world, not part of this world. And the designer has used us for that intent. Yeah, and I think uh, you bring up a good point about being set apart. Uh, it all ties into um, this discussion, as does everything. I think everything um, within within uh, what we study, it's all intertwined. Uh, it, it really, it really is definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, just touching on being set apart, you look at Romans twelve two: Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so here we're presented with this idea of setting yourself apart, moved away from the world, um, you know, removed from the lifestyle, the ideologies, the philosophies of the world, which is not uh, for God. They are against God. There's a huge difference between biblical Christianity um, 
and then the cultural Christianity. So uh, it, I think within the culture, you just have too many folks that just, um, you know, they claim to be Christian and then they embrace all of these ideas that the world presents to them, um, right. you know, as, as okay, well, I can take and I can mix this new age philosophy and with my Christianity or whatever it may be. And, and that just opens a, a, a can of worms and it just does not align with what scripture says in any shape, any way, shape shape or form so to be set apart and to sanctify ourselves we do that through the word of god through what the word of god teaches and we abide and stay in christ and his commandments so we can look at you know there are different stages within sanctification and not not everybody's at the same at the same stage right and i think you're absolutely right by saying stages because here's what i think i think sanctification requires change it requires transformation you can't have sanctification without transformation and that transformation is nothing more than becoming and doing everything that you're taught to do to become more christ-like to become more as close christ-like as humanly possible which will never achieve the fullness of it and you know it, it it says you know through the holy spirit you know is how that transformation will occur and transpire second corinthians 3 18 galatians 5 16 through 23 and through reading god's word which is john 17 17 it tells us exactly in this way you will be transformed because of your sanctification yeah and just touching on um the uh the the part about uh being transformed throughout our walk you know this is this is a work that started um it starts with god alone at regeneration and uh you can look at ephesians 2 5 the key phrase in in paul's letter to the ephesians even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you've been saved Uh, so you know paul locates the time when when regeneration occurs and that's all the work exactly of god only god can bring to life something that is completely dead and a lot of people have a hard time i think with that concept but we are we are just dead in our trespasses and from there we're justified with by grace in faith in christ unto sanctification uh, unto good works uh, 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 you know we're alive in Christ so these are the things that come out the new we look at the old it's gross it's ugly we don't want anything to do with it and we just have a changed view of of everything that's before us right 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 well and, and that's the thing is as we were just sitting there saying you know it it, it began the minute the minute you accepted Christ into your life and it causes that regeneration to begin. So sanctification is to carry on, to continue carrying forward that regeneration which began in you. So, and, and here's the thing, is it extends to the entire man, the whole man, as the Bible says in Romans 6, it, it extends to the whole man. It's not just your acts. It's not just your speech. It's not just your actions. It's your thoughts, your, 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 um, the way you carry it. It's every part of your entire being to continue on that progress of perfection. Will we achieve it? No, we're not Christ. 
but we have an obligation through Christ and for Christ to continue to strive to achieve it. Right. We we uh, are a slave to Christ. Uh, we are we submit to Christ and, and we want to do good things. Good good call. That's a good clarification. Yeah, it's it's not in a legalistic obligation kind of way. Um, it's because we love we love the one who saved us, who gave us life. So moving to the four stages of sanctification, if you will. Sanctification has a definite beginning at regeneration. We talked about regeneration just now. That is all the work of God. God is the only one who can regenerate a dead person, someone dead in their trespasses, bring them back to life. First um, John 3, 9, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. So again, regeneration, it is, it is all God's work, period, end of story. And, you know, and that's justification in Jesus in sending his son. So we can look at 1 Corinthians 6, 11, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So here we have two verses that outline this definite beginning at regeneration uh, of, of that sanctifying work the Holy Spirit um, does in a believer's life. Yeah. So let's move into sanctification increases throughout life. Number two, um, four stages of sanctification. Uh, the New Testament shows sanctification um, has a beginning at regeneration. We did talk about that, uh, but also it, it's a process through throughout our, our lives. Uh, we are to be holy yourself in all your conduct, First Peter 1.5. So, uh, and, and we can look at that verse a little bit more in context as obedient children, verse 14, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who is called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So, I mean, holiness is essentially, um, it, it it defines the Christian's new nature and conduct in contrast with his um, pre-salvation lifestyle, right? And, yep, you know, yep. we enter into this relationship through Jesus Christ, and we are now associated with God, a holy, holy God, living as Christians, and, you know, we need to treat we need to respect, we need to fear the Lord and his words. You know, it's not our job to to then say, oh, if we do that, we're being legalistic. Oh, you know, you know, it's works based. It's not. It's that's crazy. It is absolutely crazy to think that it's, it's not legalistic to obey what God wants wants us to do. Well, it's not legalistic. You can't you can't take a command from God and call it legalistic. It'd be yeah. different if you and I said or someone else said, "Hey guys, God wants us to be holy and reverent." But it doesn't say it anywhere in the Bible. Somewhere we make that interpretation from other yeah. things that are said. That's where you run the risk of becoming 
legalism, legalistic. Yeah. But God himself says right there in his word. And here's the bottom line. His word is 100% authority. His word is 100% accurate. His word is 100% him speaking to us as a people, giving us exactly what he's looking for at the moment we choose to choose him. Yeah, totally agree. Therefore, it is God's command and we can't we can't change that and there's there's no way to misinterpret that you know in the beginning of that you said i think for you said first peter correct me if i'm wrong and you said something about give all of yourself or something like that it, how, how did that verse start out it was be holy yourselves in all your conduct first peter 1 15. there you go in all your conduct which referred exactly right back to what i was saying in romans six thirteen when i said it talks about the whole man here let me read it to you it says do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of witness but rather offer yourselves to god mm-hmm. as those who have been brought from death to life and again the minute we accepted to follow christ and the minute we accepted we beat death we defeated death as he did on the cross for us and that's what allowed us to defeat it and we became a new creature in christ yeah, you know, in talking about sanctification, we we always talk about imperatives, and instantly, you know, we hear an imperative, and we're like, we can't, we can't do that. That's not possible. But um, it's important to point out the indicatives are the, you know, they're the power behind the imperative. So, to let me just pull it up here to the Romans six thirteen you're mentioning. If you look at, you go back to verse ten, for the death he died, he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to god so you go into verse 11 so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to god in christ and then it moves into that into the imperative let not sin therefore there it is reign in your mortal body so it's it's really um i heard sinclair uh, ferguson mentioned it's it's the language of uh, of scripture that we get to understand and, and we learn and and that points to as you're growing and learning it points to sanctification all right i'm going to jump right to number three sanctification is complete at death and when the lord returns so uh it's completed at death for our souls and when the lord returns for our bodies so our sanctification will never be completed in this life because there's still sin that remains in our hearts uh you know even though we are followers of christ and and that's just how it is this side of heaven so uh when we do die our sanctification becomes complete in that one sense because now our souls are finally free from you know the sin and we're made perfect but also when the lord returns he's going to give us our resurrected bodies and that is also part of sanctification. So that, oh, definitely. that is something that when we think of sanctification, we only think of it from this side of it. But it's also, uh, it's, it's, just, it's a twofold thing uh, because we're going to be, um, we're going to get a new resurrected body and, and, and that sanctification then becomes complete. So um, I, I think, you know, striving to 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 be holy to to work and to grow in the lord through the holy spirit is absolutely important it's right work it, that you put in go ahead perfect yeah like i said earlier it requires and it does require it requires change and here's what i like so let me read the last uh five or six words of that verse romans six thirteen. it says 
part of yourself to offer every every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness and the reason i want to go back and read that is because the word instrument you as a band player you as as someone who's played in a band understands instruments and instruments are made to play guess what they don't give you any fulfillment they don't offer anything to anyone without being played and then when you play that instrument which is requires you to physically do something for the betterment of other people in this case in sanctification we are an instrument that we are to be used every part of us as the scripture said every part of us for the righteousness of god so we are to be played and make a joyful noise if you will in air quotes to all the other people in the world even to our brothers and sisters in christ we are to strengthen them we are to hold them up we are support them we are to continually be instruments for christ yeah that's i mean that's actually a great analogy um being instruments for christ and you you continue as a musician right i you know i am going to continue to want to strive to be better be a better uh player and how did i learn how to play my instrument it it took years it was painstaking years blood sweat and tears as they say right and you you learn the craft you learn your instrument and you you play it and you learn all of these things associated with the instrument, recording, playing in time, playing to a metronome, click track, um, you know, how to write a song and how to how to put all these pieces together so it's it's pleasing to the ear, right? So our Christian walk in sanctification, being sanctified, is no different. The Holy Spirit drives us to uh, to the word. And we should immerse ourselves just like we would with anything else, you know, whether you're a football player, a pool player, whatever it may be, you put in all this effort and time to learn your craft. So really, that is exactly what the Holy Spirit drives a Christian to. The, the, the scales come off the eyes, earplugs out of the, out of the ears, and we see things differently. And that is all sanctification is it's not a legalistic work it's not you know again yeah you can twist just because we're humans you could twist it to be legalistic and just like a pharisee but again you look at what scripture tells us indicatives imperatives and it's because we want to please our our father in heaven that's what drives me that's what drives me to want to learn more to grow in a relationship that's true, that, that's, true. that's absolutely you know you're absolutely right i mean there's nothing legal and you know here's a here's the cool part the more you practice the more you become disciplined yeah the more and, I, and i'll keep on the analogy of, 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 of an instrument player or, or a band member the more you begin to play and pr- continually practice that instrument the more your ears become in tune and become sensitive to every mistake you make, oh, to yeah. everything that you need to, and then you start to learn how to tune your instrument without pulling out the little tuner that everybody had as a kid. Yeah, yeah I, it, that's so funny. Sorry to interrupt. Um, it, it's so true because there are some people that are born with, you know, that are pitch perfect. They, they just got perfect pitch. Um, but most most people, you have to learn and discipline yourself to hear things in tune and uh, without relying on the tuner. And it's just something that grows. And you, and you put a lot of work into uh, that particular craft. And, and, and the thing about it is, is you know, once, once you start learning and you, you hear good pitch, uh, you know, music put together as it should be, it, 
it's again it's it's music to your ears whereas you know what you cannot discipline yourself and you could be like yeah okay i'm a musician and i'm and you just pick it up whenever you want and you know but what you're going to get out what you're going to hear from that player playing that instrument is is stuff that is out of key it's just it's chaos it's complete noise and and you can just look and you can listen and be like, okay, this person obviously doesn't care much to learn about their instrument, to want to cultivate and refine it, right? And that's, and, and again, that's what sanctif- sanctification is. It's just a refinement of someone who has been made made new in Christ, right? So yep, yep. It's, it's, um, it's it's a great analogy. It really is a great analogy because again, there are plenty of musicians out there that are just uh, dreadful, dreadful, and it hurts your ears to even listen to it. But then there are players, and they put the time and the effort to cultivate that craft. And I'm, by no means am I trying to dumb Christianity down to you know music and being a, a musician and learning an instrument. But the parallels are, are they really are really cool to kind of talk through, and and they make a lot of sense because again, with a craft, you're going to put your everything to be as great as you possibly can with that particular craft. That's just how it is, and that's how I was as a musician. I wanted to be the best songwriter, the best player I possibly humanly could be. But what's great is with Christianity, it's all the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's all no, God. You're spot on because you're right. And if you care about your craft, whether it's an instrument or whether you're a carpenter or whatever your job may be, if you care about your craft, you start to learn, you start to want to learn and become more sensitive to those things which aren't right. So, for example, as a Christian, and we let the Holy Spirit work through us and we start to grow, we start to become more humble, self-renouncing, self-aboring, and all that stuff. But what we become is more sensitive to every sin that we do, to every sin that we might do. And as we start to do it, we're like, okay, that's not what I'm supposed to do. How do I start? prevent myself how do i overcome is and that's constantly to fine tune and how do we fine tune we fine tune in a couple of different ways we fine tune by getting in god's word we fine tune in prayer we fine tune by gathering with believers we fine tune by having partners of accountability and that's how we start to continue to grow and become sensitive and you're right the sloppy guy who's sitting up on stage who really doesn't care about his craft he thinks he's the greatest player ever when really, and that's because that's all his ears hear, and that's all he cares about is being on stage. He doesn't care about the end goal. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And uh, you know, I think we've we've kind of we beat that uh, that analogy down um, to a pulp. So I, I think it was awesome. It, it really was. So let's move on to um, number four. Sanctification is never completed in this life. Um, and and that is absolutely true. And I think out there there are, or there's a whole sect of uh, of people, false teachers out there that they say or they imply once you come to Christ that you are perfect, right? And that you should no longer sin at any time from the point in which you came to Christ. Um, and it's called uh, perfectionism. 
and they they look at passages as Matthew five forty eight or Second Corinthians seven. That's a whole different episode, my friend. Yeah, it really is. I think we could get into uh, you know all the different isms, uh, legalism, moralism, perfectionism. Um, but yeah, yep. it really is. Um, there's there are these people that use these verses, um, like. Like I said, Matthew five forty eight. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And you know they take it out of context. And Second Corinthians seven one. So um, you know the the Old Testament, and the New Testament, both teach that we cannot be morally perfect in this life. That it's just you can look at the Old Testament, First Kings eight forty six. If they sin against you, for there is no man who does not sin. Ecclesiastics seven twenty. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. 1 John 1, 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So, the that, you know, that idea that, um, you know, you accept Christ and your sanctification is complete on this side of heaven and you are not going to sin anymore and you, you will be perfect. It just... It is another topic, you know, touching on those false teachers, but it's just inaccurate. It's it's not true whatsoever. Paul, t- yep. Well, Paul tells us in Romans about it. He says, you know, Paul says in Romans, he says, if it were up to me, I would choose what's not right, but it's not up to me. He goes, I. He, he's saying, I am unable to do what is right. I am unable to restrain myself from doing wrong. Right. It's a constant conflict and frustration with Christians today because... Yeah, they... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. But but I was going to say because of self, you know, free will. Sorry, not self. Because of free will, we will always, free will will absolutely always choose self. But we have to battle that battle that with constant prayer constant being in god's word we have to constantly fight against that temptation with by talking to the father by holding ourselves accountable by having those partners of accountability yeah absolutely and you know and and that's the importance of of you know being in a home group going you know attending bible study going to church again that does not save you at all um but it certainly is something that keeps you on track just like reading scripture keeps you on track of you know and it, it plays into building your faith and in, in your walk in christ so all of these things play into your sanctifying walk it they just do you can't you can't separate the two um in, in my opinion you just i, I think scripture is very clear on that it's it's not even my opinion um yeah so um you know, and and you know, with free will, we we touched on that earlier. Um, you know, you know, certainly uh, we are created with free will in the sense that we're going to pick sin. You know, we're going to pick what's wrong. Uh, you know, prior to our, uh, you know, our, our putting on Christ, and that's what we're we're bent towards. And, and the bottom line, like I said, there's no perfect church, there's no perfect pastor, but there are pastors that are. Uh, clearly rooted in the word of God. There are churches that are rooted in the word of God. They are biblically sound churches. And that's where uh, you should look to be um, and listening to biblically sound pastors because it's not about the pastor. It's about the, the word that he is preaching as it relates directly to scripture. Um, 
You know, don't get attached to your church in the sense that the church is the idol or the pastor is your idol. It's about what they're preaching. Uh, God, it can be the only one, the number one. There's no other idols besides God. And, and again, you know, that being said, yeah, there's absolutely no perfect churches. Um, and you just weigh everything uh, against scripture, you know? No, you're, you're right. There is no perfect church. And if there were perfect churches, Paul wouldn't have never written letters to, yeah. to several of the churches. Yeah, no, that is absolutely correct. And I think with that, I think we're, uh, we're at a really good stopping point. Um, and hopefully we can do another one of these. Uh, again, with the month is kind of yep. going to be yep. um, a lot of dropping guests and things like that. So kind of look forward to to kind of how it shakes out yeah. and then uh, i'll be back on with um alex we're hoping in um sometime in uh june july time frame and uh hey man i really appreciate you uh taking the time to come on the show and um i think it's been a great conversation it's one of my favorite conver- conversation topics it's a uh, you know something i enjoy talking about Absolutely, brother. I mean, it's been great. I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's definitely been fun. And, and I, you know, as always, I enjoy chatting with you about God and God's word. And, you know, it, it, it teaches me as much as I hope it teaches you. And, um, you know, we can learn from, from each other as, yeah. as brothers in Christ. Yeah, awesome. All right. With that, I want to thank everybody who is listening, who has listened, who's downloaded this episode. Uh, I really appreciate the support. We appreciate the support. Uh, and uh, a matter of truth, you can find us on Instagram. You can find uh, Speak Gospel Truth Instagram. And uh, definitely go check out some Undying Light episodes as Alex is putting those up. So, uh, all right, with that, God bless and be safe. See you guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.